Hi everyone, my name is Ishan, and this is the Build Your Talent Stack podcast. I started my career feeling like I needed to fit in, and now I shape my own career opportunities. And together with the guests I feature on this podcast, we share how we challenge the status quo in how we learn, connect with an aligned tribe who gets us, and shape our own jobs. And in many cases, these are jobs that didn't exist before. Get ready to be inspired to explore creative ways to learn, future-proof your talent stack, and forge your own path in the future of work in a way that brings out your personality and your zone of genius. Hi everyone, it's Ishan here. When it comes to the future of work, one thing that we can be certain of is that by being adaptable, we will be able to embrace challenges better, become a better leader, and always be relevant. In this episode, I invite one of Asia's leading tech executives, Carolyn Chinperry, to share ideas on how you can power your adaptability and why it's important to have a holistic approach to how you learn and add value. Carolyn Chin Parry is the current Woman of the Year from the Women in IT Asia Awards. She is a Managing Director and Digital Innovation Leader at PwC Singapore and also leads PwC's Asia-Pacific Digital Upskilling Initiative. Carolyn is an active contributor of PwC Singapore's Diversity and Inclusion Committee and provides pro bono digital upskilling for charities, NGOs and social enterprises. In her free time, Carolyn enjoys time with her young family and actively researches on technology to help underrepresented communities. You can find out more about Carolyn and the work that she does in the full bio in the show notes below. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me here today from Singapore. Could you give us a quick intro about yourself and what you are passionate about? Hi, thank you so much for having me, Nishan. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Hi, everyone. My name is Carolyn Chinkari. I'm a Singaporean who has lived in Melbourne, Australia for 18 years, and I've been back in Singapore for the last eight and a half years. Um, I'm a mother of two young children and a managing director and digital innovation leader with PwC Singapore. Um, I also lead our PwC um, Asia Pacific Digital, digital Upskilling Initiative, and I'm part of our diversity and inclusion team. Um, outside of PwC, I sit on a board of a Singaporean charity, and I'm the vice chair of the digital uh, industry group for the Australian Chamber of Commerce in Singapore, and I'm also on the advisory boards for the Australian Institute of Company Directors, EGN, and a non-profit called Shiloh Stata. Um, as a digital person, I am concerned that the fourth industrial revolution may cause the largest amount of unemployment of any era in history. And for that reason, I'm very passionate about helping people to obtain the right digital skills so that they can lead meaningful lives and purposeful careers so that nobody gets left behind. Um, At PwC, I help to lead the Asia Pacific Digital Upskilling Initiative where we train our staff with skills in data analytics and visualization, including automation such as robotics process automation and AI and machine learning. 
Um, additionally, we also provide uh, pro bono digital upskilling workshops for charities, social enterprises, and NGOs so that the nonprofit sector does not fall behind. Um, also, the work I'm really passionate about my young family and also researching on technology that helps underrepresented communities, especially those with special needs. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I'd like to um, touch on uh, something that you introduced about your yourself uh, in terms of having worked both in Melbourne in Australia as well before moving to Singapore. What were some of the challenges that you faced in building your career in each country whilst balancing motherhood at the same time? When I first graduated from my bachelor's degree, it was the height of the Asian financial crisis. And when I graduated from my master's of e-commerce, it was um, the dot-com crash. Um, so I have to say that it wasn't easy starting off my career. And, um, you know, being a young female Asian migrant uh, in Australia, looking for a job in IT with no family or business connections was not easy. Um, and especially at a time when not many companies were looking for IT hires. Um, it meant working a lot harder to prove yourself and to actively find ways to add more value to your employer. Um, over and top of what was expected and also involved being mindful and respectful about cultural differences as well as different working styles. Um, while, in Sing while I'm Singaporean, I was out of the country for 18 years, so I did my best to ensure that I carved out a career in my home country without relying on any connections, but purely through hard work and building deep and genuine relationships. Um, on my return to Singapore, I was coming out of maternity leave and hence it involved uh, managing a career of motherhood, which in itself presents new challenges, um, such as juggling a heavy workload with children who may fall sick unexpectedly or waking up at all hours of the night to attend to a crying baby and also rushing back from work in time for daycare pickup. Um, sometimes it involves, um, you know, finishing work um, at home late in the evening to meet deadlines while the rest of the family is asleep in bed. Um, but in fairness, my situation is not unique to other parents. I believe all parents really have a lot to juggle, especially in the early years. And the main thing is to mm. seek the right support where you can and to remember about self-care because as parents, we tend to focus a lot on our children and meeting the demands of our jobs, but we also often neglect our mental and physical health. Um, but after building a career in Singapore, um, I did a brief stint working in Malaysia a couple of years ago um, and was once again thrown into a very different environment. Um, I'm grateful that my management consulting career in multiple countries had trained me to be um, adaptable and open-minded. So being able to once again um, navigate through a different and more conservative culture was exciting and enriching for me. Um, and it also meant being away from my family three days per week um, and ensuring that I proactively spent more time with them, more quality time with them um, when I was home four days a week. Yeah, I uh, I can absolutely relate to those uh, challenges and it's um uh, balance is is a is a tough one to manage, and it, it's it looks different every day and every week. So thank you for sharing um, that. And another part uh, that you mentioned in your intro was around um, your interest in harnessing technology to create a more inclusive workforce. What inspired this interest of yours to pursue this as um, a key area that you want to focus in? I would say my initial inspiration came from volunteering uh, for different charities. Um, in Australia, I 
um, volunteered for the Guide Dogs of Victoria and in Singapore for Equal Out Charity that focuses on two main beneficiary groups, which includes less privileged children and also elderly with dementia and clinical depression. So through my volunteering, I gained more exposure into the lives of people who face daily challenges in areas where many of us take for granted. Um, I'm very much a strong believer that technology can make a huge difference to the lives of many people in a positive way. I am aware that sometimes the media may focus on the negative side of things. Um, however, I do um, believe that there are many great examples of how technology um, has been adopted to help people as well as the environment. And I do believe that with technology, we can include more people into the workforce where previously this may not have been possible. And would you say that that's one of the measures of success to see whether we've actually truly used technology in the right way? Um, absolutely. I think lots of people measure the success in technology in multiple ways. And for myself, um, on a personal level, I actually view technology success in its ability to help people in the environment, um, whereby you know people with special needs or disabilities can actually lead more meaningful lives and also get um, more purposeful careers through technology. So this is definitely an area which uh, is right up my alley and something which I'm very passionate about. Fantastic. Now, you must come across a lot of case studies and organizations uh, through your own um, research and also the line of work that you do. I'd love for you to share an example that's caught your attention in terms of interesting ways that HR technology can be used to create a more inclusive workforce. One of the most exciting things I've seen of late is a uh, platform that has been released in the US and Europe, which is very much like a different version of LinkedIn. And what it does is that it helps to collate the details and profiles of uh, people from underrepresented communities. Um, the only profiles you see are people from those kind of communities, um, whereby they actually diminish, um, I guess, any biases that people might have, whereby they upload um, profiles of people without photos and without names, but rather just showing the kind of skill sets that they have and the experience that they have. So that when employers are looking for people to include in their workforce, they go through this platform um, and based on the skills that they're looking for, um, they will then shortlist the candidates. The platform then releases the names of these people and organizes um, the interviews for these people. And once the candidate is selected, the new employer will then pay the platform um, a fee so that um, the platform remains uh, a viable business but at the same time three quarters of that um, goes into the preferred charity of the successful candidate and i think that that's such a fantastic um, platform um, in which you know new technologies in hr can actually really help people to gain um, new employment and for people who normally are disadvantaged to actually seek jobs. Wow, it sounds like a win-win where it not only helps those. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Carolyn, job stability uh, is more elusive than ever with the advancement in technology and people now need to be more adaptable and sometimes even pivot themselves in order to stay employed or build a meaningful career. What are some questions that you recommend that can help people with reframing 
and thinking differently if they find themselves needing to pivot or adapt to careers that they didn't imagine themselves doing before what would you recommend um, to help someone reframe sure i guess the first question is to ask yourself how trainable are you and how much are you willing to adapt to new ways of working um, if you are very against using technology heavily there are jobs out there which allow you to do that and a lot of it is based on the humanistic aspects of the job such as being a social worker working in an elderly home um, a primary school teacher a kindergarten teacher um, a hairdresser or even a bartender because even if there are replacements through technology for these type of roles um, people still prefer the humanistic aspects of um, this type of job. Um, so even if technology can disrupt those industries, uh, in reality, people still want the human factor. On the other hand, if your answer is that you're willing to be trained, that you're happy to have an open mindset, and you do think that you could try to have a thirst for learning as a, a lifelong skill, then definitely this is an area where working with technology is um, something that is highly possible. The truth is that there's lots of jobs out there as well as many industries that have been impacted by technology. So we can't exactly run away from it completely. Um, the question is, how much are you willing to be adaptable and to be open to learning and doing things differently? And if you think that you could do that, and if you think that you're highly adaptable and willing to learn and be trained, then I think you know digital upskilling is an area which will help you to find the right job and seek the right kind of career that you're looking for. Perhaps at the starting point is to ask yourself and have, I guess, good uh, self-reflection around what do you think are your true skills and where do you see your true passion? And we all spend lots of hours in, at work, but what is the kind of legacy that you really want to leave behind um, after having a long career? So if you can answer yourself those questions, it will then start to shape what your career journey might look like and also being able to look outside um, whether it's through the internet through conferences through thought leaders to determine well you know where do i think i can make an impact what do i feel passionate about that i'm willing to explore um, in terms of digital upskilling um, how can i add value to my employer or the community and by answering these questions you once again be able to filter down into something which hopefully will be a very good fit for yourself and your future career. Um, I would say that, you know, when we look at um, uh, recruitment, for example, um, some of the things that are highly valued these days is actually things like co-leadership, um, being able to build relationships, having global acumen, uh, making sure that your own personal values matches the values of your employer, um, having agility, the right aspirations, and also being able to care for others because I think as we move towards the digital era and other eras beyond that, um, you know, I think that machines will do a great job uh, in the machine area, for example, such as through automation. However, humans have a very different element which machines will not be able to replicate, which is actually the human factor, the empathy, the compassion side of things. And being able to see that you're unique in this way and you're not competing with technology and to really think about how you can actually um, make yourself uh, special and more unique in the employment workforce. And a lot of it actually comes from true passion, the ability to learn quickly and also to adapt to circumstances. 
So if I was someone that was looking to apply for a new role and I wanted to demonstrate some of these traits that show that I'm adaptable, it sounds like I need to um, both not only demonstrate how I currently add value, but how I've also added additional value by having a learning mindset and bringing in other sources of learning and applying that um, to the work that I do either with um, the you know previous experience or maybe even outside of work experience from what you're saying uh, uh, especially if you have a community focus is that right you um, is that one other way to show a more holistic view of how you've able to con- uh, contribute and make an impact yes that's right I think that we do spend a lot of time um, at work as well as with our families which is a wonderful thing but I think that we also need to spend more time in our community through con- uh, connections um, but also being able to to see how we can help people who are less privileged than us. I think that many of us lead very privileged lives, even though we may not always realize it every day. Um, the fact that we have internet, yes. electricity, fresh water from the tap, that makes us, you know, one of the luckiest people in the world. So, you know, because we are all so fortunate in this area, uh, what can we do to actually help people um, gain a, a better life? What can you do to add value to make their lives more meaningful? How can you help them to identify areas um, of jobs, of aspirations, of passion, which they never thought they could uh, be possible for people like them? So being able to, I guess, um, you know, share your thoughts, your values, um, your, I guess, inspiration with others so that you can positively impact them is very important. But I think it's also being very humble about doing this because at the end of the day, I think we're all humans. We all have the same basic needs. And, you know, I just think that it's just a matter of um, being kind to another human being as well as animals and um, the environment because we all live in this world together. It's not going to be, I guess, a siloed way of living. I think it's a case of we are all part of a community, whether we like it or not. And it's about making sure that everyone in the community feels included and that no one gets left behind. I really like that. And it's given me some food for thought as well as to um, how I make sure I, you know, balance the the value that I add both at work and also outside of work. Um, now, we talk, you know, on the topic of adaptability, being adaptable goes hand in hand with opening your mind, as you said, to new possibilities. And one way to do more of that is to surround yourself with a good learning playlist. Carolyn, I'd love to know what's currently on your learning playlist. <laughs> Quite a lot of things, I have to say. Um, I've just finished a book called Accelerating Organization Culture Change by Dr. Jacqueline Lee. And I'm just about to start a book called Leadership by Algorithm, Who Leads and Who Follows in the AI Era by David D. Kramer. Um, in terms of LinkedIn, it's something which I use on a daily basis. Um, I've managed to create my LinkedIn feed such that I follow lots of uh, different thought leaders, large technology giants, um, up-and-coming startups, consulting firms, as well as different universities such as the Ivy Leagues, uh, whereby you know I can basically shape what I read according to the passions that I'm uh, interested in, um, the different areas in which um, you know helps my job or my volunteering areas. Um, so that's kind of a way in which uh, I think everyone could actually use LinkedIn um, to, to help with their learning in a free way. Um, I'm also very proud that PwC 
um, has actually also released the digital fitness app. So our US chairman um, has announced in recent times that we have released a digital fitness app, which people can download for free from your app store, which helps you to, um, I guess, increase your digital knowledge. So in this app, it covers things um, of different types of different digital uh, genres, um, different types of technologies, and you get a playlist of different podcasts, different videos, things that you can read because oh, wow. we all learn in different ways. Some people are great at listening. Other people are very yeah. visual. Pe other people prefer reading. So it has all these different uh, modes available for people to learn. And it's been very well curated as well. Now, I, it would be something which is you know very useful for all, um, in particular people who may have less um, digital skills and knowledge. This is something which is very easy um, to use. And, you know, it has different, um, I guess, timings in which you can spend on things. So it will actually tell you, oh, it might take two minutes to read this article or this particular video will take five minutes. So you can then decide what sort of micro learning activities you want to participate with yeah. on a regular basis. Um, for other experts in the digital space, um, this particular digital fitness app might then help them with more of a refresher. Um, but for people who are less digitally savvy, it's definitely something which is very helpful. Yeah, it's great to know that a resource has been curated because there's nothing worse than trying to be proactive and search on Google and then you just get lost with all the clutter out there. So it's nice to be able to have uh, a resource that's already curated for you, knowing that you can pick and choose what's most relevant. So I'm looking forward to checking it out after this um, recording and uh, have a look. Yeah, um, and I really, uh, re the part where you said about l curating LinkedIn t uh, as your own learning playlist, I uh, certainly agree with that. Um, and it's often, sometimes I, um, I really enjoy the discussion that goes with content that's being shared rather than just, you know, um, links, but you also get a perspective uh, when somebody else adds to it. Absolutely. As well. So I find that really valuable. Yeah, so it's not something that's static. I mean, lots of people throughout the world can actually add value by commenting on things that, you know, provide a different perspective and it's great learning for all of us. I actually like the, uh, I was checking your LinkedIn feed before the uh, podcast started and I um, saw that you had posted that book by um, Dr. Jacqueline Lee and I really like how you put your um uh, like you summed up the key the key reasons why you really enjoyed the book as well so it helps me also um uh, look out for these things as i'm going through them knowing that these were the ones that resonated with you so thank you for oh, doing thanks that for reading it. <laughs> yeah because yeah. i i'm not the type to join a book club but i do like it when someone takes the time to just share their top takeaways i think that makes it memorable for me and actually gets me more interested to pick up a book over something else. So um, I think it really helps when rather than just sharing, actually sharing the why um, that uh, adds so much uh, value in terms of learning experience for people in your LinkedIn network. So yeah. Um, now, one more question before we wrap up. Carolyn, I'd love to know how has your approach to your own career planning changed over the years? Well, I have to say that it's something that has evolved through time. Um, I would say that, you know, when I first started my career, I knew I wanted to be a management consultant um, because I really wanted to experience different industries, um, 
you know, understand what the different challenges are, as well as the types of technologies that are being used throughout the different industries. Um, and it's really also about my learning, whereby we, for me, it's about being challenged all the time. And having a consulting career for me has helped to push me in terms of always having to learn things constantly because you could be an expert in one area of technology but how it's going to be used in another industry could be quite different um, and also within the same industry you find that different players might adopt technology in different ways and also use um, different ways of working in terms of uh, using those technologies. I think over time I've come to realize that um, you know I've had uh, a very fortunate career, of course, one which I worked very hard at. And I want to be able to add value um, by helping people who are less fortunate, but also um, younger people in my organization, for example, to be able to help shape their career through mentoring and coaching them. Because I feel that, um, you know, it's important to help people um, provide guidance because in this age, it's very competitive. There's so much changes. Um, so, you know, what can we do in terms of our experience to help um, other people? But having said that, by helping people, we're also helping ourselves because I'm a big um, fan of reverse mentoring, whereby you might appear to be very experienced and a little bit older. Um, by actually reverse mentoring, you learn a lot um, from younger people. You learn what uh, shapes their decisions. You learn what their preferences are, how they think, how they make decisions, um, and being able to connect with uh, people who are outside of your usual um, group of uh, you know, colleagues. Um, it's also a really good thing. And you know, it helps to create a more inclusive workforce because um, people from different um, generational parts of the workforce get to connect with each other. Um, but at the same time, I also believe that um, you know, by giving back to the community or giving back to um, the organization, that um, you feel much happier, actually. Um, and also that you do learn a lot from other people from all walks of life, even people with a lot less experience um, can sometimes be a lot smarter than my, my own self, you know, so being able to, I guess, once again, be humble about it, um, to learn in different ways and from different people. And it's really important to have an open mindset to hear different perspectives, because that helps to shape your learning as well. Yeah, uh, reverse mentoring. Someone once said to me, um, how many people, are, you know, would I say that I'm um, receiving mentoring from who are 10 years younger than me and I had to stop and think about the ages and I realized that, um, you know, it's skews towards people, you know, who are 10 years older than me rather than 10 years younger. Um, and it certainly made me pause and think about how I need, potentially need to do more of that and, and as you said, through more walks of life as well. Um, so, yes, Absolutely. Uh, really resonates. Yeah, I still think that even my young children who are 10 and 6 at the moment, uh, I still learn a lot from them on a daily basis from um, the way they've had to use technology because of home-based learning at the moment um, to the way that they make preferences and decisions. For example, it's no longer 
you know, necessarily walking to a toy shop to buy a toy. Sometimes they would just proactively <laughs> do their online research about what toys they like before walking into a shop to touch it and look at it. <laughs> so that also yes. changes the way that I, I view, you know, the buying behaviors of a very different generation. And I hope to work for a very long period of time. So when my kids eventually enter the workforce in about 10, 15 years, um, you know, I would hope to still be part of their workforce. But this is also going to be um, future colleagues that I could work with. So they give me great insights in terms of <laughs> how best to learn from a different generation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carolyn, for uh, for this interview. Can, where can people connect with you online? Yes, um, LinkedIn is the best. Um, I have a unique surname and apparently I'm the only person that surname in the world. So I'm quite easy to find. So if you look up Carolyn Chin Perry on LinkedIn, feel free to connect with me then. Um, I'm quite an open uh, networker and always lovely to meet people online and face to face as well. Yeah, well, I'm really glad you reached out because um, I, I've been actually following your work th- uh, since you uh, you and I both spoke at different times and streams at the uh, HR Festival this time last year. So um, so it's nice to be able to collaborate with you. And yeah, it just started with a message on LinkedIn and here we are. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. I really enjoy your podcast as well. So thank you for creating that lovely series. It's very insightful and useful. And um, thanks so much for having me as well. I've really enjoyed myself today that's it for today's episode if you enjoyed this podcast it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review on itunes and let me know if this has helped you in any way in shaping your career goals i'd love to connect with you on linkedin and instagram you can find me at build your talent stack